You are not an ordinary person. We are the outshine of God's glory. Don't let any circumstance have enough power to bother you. The Father has nowhere to stay than inside you and cannot express himself unless through your body. So your body becomes his body. That is why the Bible says we are the body of Christ. Thousands say, I'm a doer of the word. I'm a world shaker. I live by the word. I'm born by the word. We are here to produce heaven on this earth. I produce heaven on earth. Zadiva can see. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. That's why I say, don't give up. Hey. You are invited to World Changes Conference this Sunday at Airport West Hotel at 6 p.m. and every other Sunday. Christ Jesus, the mirror of the Christian. Enjoy grace as you grow in the knowledge of God. This is Minister Prince on Spirit, Soul, and Body. One. soul of the new creation. We've talked about the new spirit or the new creation, the new man. Your spirit. When you're born again, what happens to you? Hallelujah. Last week we talked about your spirit in the Holy Ghost, in the fullness of God. Then we said we are loaded. Amen. Amen. And we've talked about a lot of things. So if you don't have it on your phone or on your iPad or on your laptops, get get the messages. Amen. Very important. It's very important. You get to that's very important as we talk about the soul. Amen. Amen. We are talking about the soul of the new creation. We are talking about the soul of the new creation. 
Zota Lima Shata Labakashe Kerebele Basata. Opa Labasinda Namasene Lima Shata Labako. Zepele Basuti Lima Loko Sati Lima. We are talking about the soul of the new creation. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we pray for the next five minutes? Pray the Holy Ghost for the next five minutes. For the next five minutes. For the next five
Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Oh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I want you to write this thing down. Like man is a spirit. Having a soul and residing in the body. Man is a spirit having a soul residing in the body. Amen. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 Man is a spirit having a soul and residing in a body Amen We're going to first talk about man for some few minutes and then talk about the new creation the Christian Amen There's a big difference we we'll talk about man and the one. I want to explain something about the soul in Genesis. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Underline the dust of the ground. Underline the breath of life. Read into his nostrils the breath of life. A man became a living soul. Underline a living soul. Hallelujah. I want to hear your response. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we are talking about the soul. But before we go to the soul of the new creation, I want to explain to you what happened in Genesis. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. That means that three important things took place. Are you listening? And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So God formed man out of the dust of the ground and, oh, hallelujah. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. A living soul. A living soul. So when God was forming man, the Bible says that he took man out of the dust of the ground. Now, he formed man out of the dust of the ground means that he formed man's body out of the dust of the ground. Are you listening? Then the Bible says that and he breathed into the dust his own breath, the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now, it means that when God breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life, when the breath of life came in contact with the body, what was produced was called the soul. When God formed man out of the dust of the ground, the Bible says that God breathed into the nostrils of man, into the dust, the breath of life. And man became a living soul. <laughs> oh. So three important things took place over there. The first thing is the formation of man from the dust, which is the body of man. The second thing is the, is the breath of life, which was imparted into man. We're going to Job chapter 33, verse 3. 34. 
And so when the when the breath of life came in contact with the dust, what was produced was called the living soul. In other words, the soul. Oh Jesus! Are you writing it down? Is the result? Write it down. The soul of man is the result of the breath of life and the body of man. So when the breath of life came in contact with the body of man, the soul was produced. Are you listening? So the soul is a result. It's a result. Of the contact between the breath of life and the body of man or task. Now, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what happens is this. Job chapter 3, 4, 3, 4, 4, 3, 4. Job chapter 33, verse 4. I want you to write it down. It's very important. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord has made me. And the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Write it down. So what happened in Genesis was this. We are talking about man. Amen. We are talking about man. The breath of life imparted into man what is called the spirit of man. That is why it says, The spirit of the Lord has made me and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. In other words, the breath of the Almighty imparted life. Are you listening? The breath of life. The life that he's talking about is talking about the spirit of man. So when man was formed out of the dust of the ground and God breathed into his nostrils, which was the same dust, the breath of life imparted into man life. That first life is called the spirit of man. And it, it, it is a life of the human spirit. Are you listening? Now, when the spirit of man came in contact with the body, what was produced is called the soul, or it's called the soul. So it says, a man became a living soul. Now, why does he say that? Because a living soul means that a person with his, with his own consciousness. Write it down. A person with his own consciousness, a living soul. So man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. 
Man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. So we say the soul is a consummation. Write it down. It's a consummation of the spirit and the body. It's a consummation. So God did it in such a way that He decided to bring a soul by 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 bringing the spirit in contact with the body. So when the spirit of man came in contact with the body, what came out was a soul. So man stood up as a spirit with a soul having a body. The body is the outward man. It is the outward it was it is the outward part of man. That is why we can see you. You have a body. Amen. You are a spirit. Between the spirit and the body is the soul. You understand it? Between the spirit and the body is the soul. Now, I said that the soul does what? By the soul, man is conscious of himself. By the body, man is conscious of the world, the physical world. But by the soul, man is conscious of... So we say the soul makes you self-conscious. That means that because man has a soul... Man is not a machine. It means that, that's why I said that it gives you what self-consciousness. Man is able to decide for himself and deliberate on issues by himself because of his soul. That's man. Are you listening? So man is able to do what? Decide for himself, think for himself. He is not like a machine regulated. That's how God formed man. So man can say that today, I don't believe in any God. Why? Because he has a soul. The soul of man enables man to deliberate on issues and to decide for himself. So so the soul makes him what? Self-independent. Amen. Without the soul, man will have been like a machine. Amen. So the fact the soul is a very important faculty in man. It's very important. The spirit is important. Your spirit is important. The soul is important. The body is important. Now you understand that one. Somebody, somebody asks you, what about the soul? You can explain. Amen. Can you explain? If you can explain, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. It's very important. God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And God formed man out of the dust of the ground. So the dust, the breath of life, producing what? The soul. So that the spirit functions through the soul over the body. Write it down. So, 
Let's continue. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So the soul is a, it's very important to keep this thing. It's very important. So that before, let's talk about the fall of man. Before the fall of man, quickly. Before the fall of man, the spirit was giving information to the soul. Then the soul, it then rules over the body from the spirit. Amen. So the spirit was giving information to the soul, and the soul was willing over the body before the fall of man. When man fell, the devil had taken over man. So now the spirit was still willing in the soul, but in corruption. That is why the Bible says that those who are not born again walk in the vanity of their mind. We get to that. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. So the spirit gives information to the soul. Then the soul gives information also to the body or rules the body. Hallelujah. The spirit gives information to the soul. Then the soul. Now, what? Wait, wait, before you go there. What connects the body to the spirit is the soul. Listen. What connects the body to the spirit is the soul. So the soul is like an intermediary. Connecting the body to the spirit. Are you listening? Mm -hmm. Then what connects the body to the... uh, uh, What connects the, the spirit to the body is the soul. What connects the body to the spirit is the same soul. You understand? Now, the soul stands like this. The spirit information is coming to the soul, then to the body. Or willing about the body. That's how man was when he was created. When man fell, now corruption had entered into the spirit of man. And that corruption that had entered into the spirit of man now began to work in the soul. So sin came, death came, death reigned into the body. The corruption of the nature of the devil corrupted the soul. And the spirit. So now what happened was that the devil was dominating man through his nature. Amen. So the Bible says in chapter 4, verse 4, that and the, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. He's talking about those who are not born again, who still belong to the devil. He says that the God of this world called the devil has blinded their minds. He has blinded their minds. He's still talking about the fall of man. It doesn't mean that the devil is saying, don't go, don't go, no. But the devil has corrupted their minds through his nature. You understand? So he says, he has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ should shine. Have you seen it there? Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 
Hallelujah. I'm not hearing that response. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So those who don't believe, their minds have been darkened by darkness. <laughs> Do you understand? Their minds have been darkened by darkness. The devil has darkened their minds. So you preach the gospel to them, they tell you, ah, have you seen Jesus before? What should we believe? Some of them say that we are atheists. We don't believe in any God. We don't believe in any Jesus Christ. Why? Their minds have been darkened. That's what the Bible says. The God of this world has darkened their minds. So the gospel cannot penetrate. You are preaching to them, they say, oh, next time I'll come, next time they run away. Amen. So when a person is not saved, his mind is darkened. The God of this world has blinded his mind. But what if a person is saved? Let us come to the new creation. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm a new creation. Say, you can say, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. You see, I talked about man. The new creation, the Christian is a higher version of man. Amen. We'll write that one down. Higher version of man. And what happens is this. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them with believe. Let the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ shine in your hearts. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Oh, call on us, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Okay. I want you to look at that particular verse. It's very important verse. It's very important. Talaman the Satanamaya. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. I want you to look at the verse. Look into your Bibles. I want us to read it one. Have you all have you all seen it in the Bible? Yeah. Have you opened that please? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. One, two, go. Now then may the power of peace himself sanctify completely. And may your whole spirit so everybody be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Underline the word sanctify you holy. Or if you are writing it down, write sanctify you holy. There are some people who never underline their Bible. <laughs> sanctify you holy. And the very God of peace himself, sanctify you holy. Now, last week I said something here. I said that when you are born again, you are sanctified. Mm. Now listen, it's very this this. Is very important. Oh, Paul. This is very important. It's very important. You see, when you are born again, you're a new kind of person. Last week I said that you are sanctified. It means that you are set apart. You are separated unto God. 
Then Paul says that I pray that the, the God, the God of peace Himself, sanctify you wholly. Then he says that your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be presented blameless. Now that means this. Now listen. It means that when you are born again, your spirit is sanctified. Listen. Your spirit is sanctified. Your spirit is set apart. Your soul is not sanctified. Now listen. So he was praying that the God of peace sanctifies you wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Write it down. Holy. It's very important. It means that your spirit is sanctified, but you, you've not been sanctified wholly when you are born again. You see, when you are saved, your spirit is saved. When you are born again, your spirit is delivered. The Bible says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. So your spirit is saved, your spirit is sanctified, your spirit is delivered. The word delivered or deliverance is the same word used for saved, salvation and healing. The same thing. Amen. Amen. So your spirit is saved or sanctified. Your soul is not saved. Hallelujah. Your soul is not saved. Your spirit is saved. That is why a lot of things happen in the body of Christ. Because when people get born again, we say you are born again. We say every day come to church and hear the word of God. And so you come to church to hear the word of God. We say join a department. You join a department. It is finished. So your soul is not saved. Ha. As long as your soul is not saved, you are in trouble. Mm. So Paul was praying that your spirit, soul, and body be sanctified. Your spirit is separated unto God. Your soul is not. Hallelujah. Are you listening? Your soul is not. And because your soul is not, your soul is opened up. You are saved. You speak in tongues. It's true. But your soul is not saved. Your soul is, he wants your soul to be sanctified the way your spirit is sanctified. Then he wants your body to be sanctified the way your spirit is sanctified. It is God's soul, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It is God's will for us you see, to be sanctified in our spirits, to be sanctified in our soul, and to be sanctified in our body. Then, we can be presented blameless. You cannot be presented blameless until you are sanctified in your spirit, soul, body. You cannot be presented blameless until you are saved, spirit, soul, body. So the salvation you have experienced now, you have received right now, is the salvation of your spirit. 
You are now a new creation in the Holy Ghost. It is true. But it, is, it, doesn't, be, it doesn't end there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, shout a big hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then you can be presented blameless before the coming of Jesus Christ. Or to the coming of Jesus Christ. So as long as your soul is not saved and your soul is not sanctified, you can be presented blameless even though your spirit is saved. So the Christian has a responsibility. Your spirit is delivered. Your soul is not delivered. Are you listening? It's very important. Your spirit is delivered from the kingdom of darkness, but your soul is not delivered. And because your soul is not delivered, it is open to the enemy. It is open unto attacks. Your soul is not delivered. You cannot live the life that is in your spirit because your soul is not saved. Amen. Amen. So there is a responsibility on your part when you get born again. You are a new creation in the Holy Ghost. You are a duplicate. It is true. Amen. Oh, shout a big hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout another bit, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very important. So your soul needs to be saved. Your soul needs to be sanctified. Paul was praying that we be sanctified. Spirit, soul, body. Why am I like that? Because of the way the church has brought everything to only your spirit. Only your spirit. You can't function as a Christian just by your spirit. I'm telling you. You can't. You can't. That's what Paul was praying that we be sanctified also in our soul. Because that, what, that which comes from your spirit will come into your soul. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not hearing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he said that you be sanctified in your soul. Oh, but go to James chapter 1. The book of James. In chapter 1. Verse 21. Satele Barabasi Talabasa Kaleba. You see. Oh. Hallelujah. Now listen. James chapter 1 verse what? James chapter 1 verse 21. James chapter 1 verse 21. James chapter 1 verse 21. Let's all open James chapter 1 verse 21. So it is very important. Now, one major reason. Hallelujah. We're going somewhere. Amen. 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 You see, sometimes, one major reason why there are a lot of things, for instance, that we were discussing about why should the Christian manifest evil spirit. Now, let me explain something there. <laughs> let me explain. I remember I was praying for somebody at our church for last year, for one day. We were there, we were there. I was like, 
I don't know, I didn't understand this thing. I said, ah. But the I understood now. The reason is because the soul has been left empty. You are born again. Say my soul. Say my soul. My soul. Your soul is very important. The reason why all those things happen is because, you see, when you are born again and your soul is not sanctified, it still has the corruption in the, 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 the nature of the devil, which is corruption in the soul. Corruption, corruption is still in the soul. Apart from that, the soul is opened up to any information, to any suggestion, to any decision. So at a point in time, because your soul is not sanctified, your soul becomes the grounds for any information. Amen. Now, the enemy gives you suggestion into your soul every time. At a point in time, you see that your soul has become a ground of the devil. So we were asking the other day why somebody has to manifest and it became an issue. But what it means is that the enemy has played around the soul for a long time. Okay. And the enemy has gained more grounds in the soul. You understand? So the person is born again. Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is saved. You are speaking in tongues. You are, demons, you are even preaching. But your soul has an issue. So the enemy has gained more grounds in your soul. Such that when another power is coming, you see, your soul, that's why I said that the soul is very important. All your reactions is according to your soul. Or all your actions are according to your soul. The soul, write this one down. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Write it down. Your soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Your soul is the mind, your will, and emotions. Now write out this one. Add this one. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The mind, the will, and the emotion. So, your mind, by your mind or by the mind, thoughts come into the mind, or the mind is for thinking and for imaginations. Write it down. The mind is for thinking and for imaginations. Oh, shout a bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very important to understand this aspect. So, your will is for decision making. And your emotions for reactions. Just write that one down. We'll talk about the will and the emotions in that one. Now let's, go, let's talk about the mind or the soul and then the mind. So that when a lot of suggestions from the enemy mm. comes into your soul, into your mind, your, oh Jesus, okay. 
You're putting the world, you're putting the emotions. Right? Now, write this one. The will depends, your will depends on the mind. The will depends on the mind. The will depends on the mind. And the emotions depend on the will. Mm. Another interdependence. Mm. So, the will depends on the mind. I say the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Now, the will depends on the mind, and then the emotions depend on the will. Are you listening? So, by the soul, you have a free will. We say that the soul is an organ of the free will. <laughs> uh, you have a will. So, now, your will has to do with your decisions. Your mind has to do with your thoughts and your imaginations. Are you listening? Your thoughts has to do with your mind. Your mind has to do with your thoughts and your imaginations. Your will is for decision. To do or not to do. You understand? But your mind is for thoughts, for thinking and for imaginations. Now what happens is this. When the enemy gains more grounds into your soul, and keeps gaining, and it happens. That is that building. It happens. Why? Because the whole soul is not sanctified. So when the enemy gains more grounds into your soul, that is why a person is born again. And a person can say, I don't believe in any divine healing. Some are born again. They say, we don't believe in speaking in tongues. Why? He's born again. It's not that he's not born again. <laughs> But what is in the soul is different <laughs> from what has happened to your spirit. There's a civil war. <laughs> so the person, I don't believe. You, you, you can even meet somebody who's born again, and then one time you say, that, I don't believe in any Jesus. He can argue out and say, I don't believe in any Jesus again. How can Jesus be born of a, a, a birthday? But he's a Christian. Shout <laughs> mercy. Why? Because of this, the person's soul is not sanctified. That's why Paul said that, that your soul also be sanctified plus your body. So now what happens is that the mind, listen, when the enemy gains more grounds into the soul, then your reactions and your thoughts and your actions are they are inconsistent with what is in your spirit. You are listening. Your, 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 your thoughts, your imaginations, your actions, your intentions are all inconsistent with what is in your spirit. And they are inconsistent with the knowledge of Christ. So because much of the enemy's messages has gone into your mind, you meet some Christians, the only thing they talk about is new figures. You sit down with a person and begin to talk about new figures. Why? The whole soul <laughs> Amen. <laughs> MVP and NDC. MVP and NDC. Your soul is that you have wrong information in your soul. Why? I'll show you. It's not sanctified. So what happens is this. Now, when the enemy gains more grounds, when somebody is about to lay hands on you, there's a prayer going on. Okay. Then there is another force coming into your mind. There's another power coming on you. Because your mind, your mind is where 
decisions are taken. Your will is there. Your soul is where your soul is. Uh, sorry. Your soul is where your will is. Your will. Your will power. To decide whether to go or not to go. Your thoughts are all with the soul. They come from the, 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 the soul. So because the enemy has gained more grounds, when somebody is, is, is trying to touch you or do something, lay hands on you or something, or there's a, a power, another force, a higher force coming, then there's a reaction. It doesn't mean that a demon is in you. But it means that the enemy has gained more, the demons have gained more grounds in your soul. So there is a reaction. Why? They gain more ground because you have opened it. Your soul is empty. Your soul is not renewed. So they gain more ground. Then there is a reaction. Now go to the James chapter 1 verse 21. Let me explain something briefly. James chapter 1 verse 21. James chapter 1 verse 21. So Talima. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. Which is able to save your souls. Which is able to save your souls. Underline that place. Very important. Write it down. James chapter 1 verse 21. So that even though you are saved, your spirit is saved, your soul is not saved. Because your soul is not saved, <laughs> or because your soul is not sanctified, all the old intentions keep coming. All the old imaginations and thoughts keep coming. You are born again all right. The Holy Ghost is in you. But the old thoughts and imaginations and, and intentions and decisions all keep coming. Why? Because even though you are saved, your mind is not out. Your, your mind, your soul, or your mind or your soul is not aware of your being saved. <laughs> so you are saved. Your spirit is saved. But your soul is not aware. Your soul is not aware that you are saved. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Your soul is not aware that you are saved. Now, James chapter 1 verse 21 says that, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Superfluous. <laughs> superfluity. Of naughtiness, of filthiness. Lay apart all those filth and naughty things that come into your mind. So wherefore, lay apart. And receive with meekness. Oh, some of you are not here. Mm. Shout a big hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are here, shout, I'm listening. I'm listening. Say, I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Now, he says that, and receive with meekness. So what the soul needs is not a deliverance from, from, from what? From the devil. As in, casting out the devil out of the soul. But what the soul needs is to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. It is which is able to save your soul. So, the engrafted word of God is able to save your soul. So, it says, receive. Take a hold of. Receive. With meekness. That's humility. The engrafted word of God, which is able. So, he says that the word of God or the engrafted word of God has the ability. It has the word is dynamite, 
the capability, the word of God engrafted as the capacity to save your soul. Apart from the word of God, nothing can save your soul. It says that which has the ability to save your soul is the word. He calls, it, he calls the word the engrafted word. And then the engrafted, let me explain. Or another thing is the implanted word of God. Your soul needs to take hold of the word of God. Your soul needs to lay hold on the word of God. Else, it doesn't matter what they do to you, you will still continue. And many Christians have become lazy. The Bible says that giving all diligence to make your election sure. That's what the Bible says. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Not just work out. It says, work it out with fear and trembling. Paul told Timothy, said, take heed to thyself. Uh, Hallelujah. I'm preaching good. Ah, I'm listening good. Now listen. Listen. He said that the engrafted word, the engrafted word is the New Testament. He said, he says, if you want your soul to be sometimes over, this out. That's what I'm talking about the soul. Some people try to argue out why we should say the New Testament, New Testament, everywhere in the Bible, all scripture is given by inspiration. All these things. It means that you've not been taught correctly. You've not been. Because he said that we have a better covenant based on better promises. He says, if the ministration of death was glorious, how much shall the ministration of the spirit be more glorious? He says that we are ministers of the New Testament. He says it. That's second Corinthians chapter 3. Reading from verse 1, you cut all of it there. <laughs> Reading downwards, you cut it. He says we are ministers of the New Covenant or the New, New Testament. He says not of the letter, but of the Spirit. We are ministers of the New Testament. Hallelujah. Now it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. Why does he call it the engrafted word? Because I say it's the New Testament, it's not the epistles. It says, get your mind, your soul, every aspect of your soul renewed by the New Testament. He says, do that. Because the New Testament is engrafted, it's implanted. You see, when we say it's engrafted, it's like this. It's like there's an old body like this. There's an old skin. And then there's a problem with the skin. Then, then we, 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 where's the biological science then? <laughs> then what happens is that we cut off another part of the skin and place it there so that the new skin that has entered is engrafted or is implanted. That's what it's called. And that new skin grows into the old one. Do you understand? It happens, those who do biological, biological medical doctors are here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So he calls that engrafted or implanted. Did you cut the last thing right now? So if there's a problem with now come and let me use it, let me use it for illustration. Let me understand. So the new skin that has, that that is cut and put in this one is engrafted. Maybe there's a problem here. They put a new skin here. We remove this one and put the new one there. Now the new one here is engrafted. 
or is implanted to do what? To regenerate. The medical doctor. You say you small boy like that. So to regenerate, it's called engrafted or implanted. Shout hallelujah. Now you can answer that. So, so the engrafted word of God, there is a problem with the old. Then the new has been what? Engrafted. That's the Old Testament. And then the New Testament has been what? Has been engrafted. So it says, receive with meekness, with humility. Oh, hallelujah. It says, take hold of the New Testament with humility. Not fighting it. With humility. With meekness, the engrafted word, which is able, which has the ability. But, you know, you receive it with what? With meekness. When we say meekness or humility, it's talking about your, your, you, you making up your mind or deciding to submit yourself to the word. When you say somebody is humble, that's when the person, the person somebody talks to me and say, oh, he's, he's proud, or oh, he's proud. He's not proud. When you say somebody is proud, the person cannot submit to the word. That is what Saul did. He couldn't submit to what someone said. He couldn't submit to what God said. So he was proud. But David will always submit. Amen. Amen. So you receive with meekness. You submit. The word of God is coming to you. You have heard a lot of things about the new creation. You don't go home and go and sleep. Mm. Hallelujah. So receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So what you need for the salvation of your soul is the engrafted word of God. Amen. Amen. Then we say that we have what? The mind the will and the emotions. And you, 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 you think with your mind. You imagine things with your mind. Your will. Your will helps you to take decisions. Then we have your emotions for reactions and other things. We will talk about the emotions later. Amen. So now, your mind is very important. As I'm talking to you right now, you are thinking. You think with your mind. Are you listening? Yeah. You can lie down and imagine what how somebody slapped you. Mm. Or how what somebody said to you. It's an imagination. It's going on in your mind. Even if you can't point that this is your mind, you know it's working. <laughs> Hallelujah. So imagination, thoughts. Then we have your will. Amen. Now imaginations and your thoughts come in your mind. I want us to talk about the mind more before we close. Amen. Amen. Say my mind. My mind. Say I think with my mind. I think with my mind. I imagine with my mind. I imagine with my mind. So it means that whatever knowledge that has gone into your spirit I said your mind is for. See, when you take decisions it's from the soul. You think with your mind. Your actions are as a result of what you are thinking. How many of you know that? So the seeds of thought that go on in your mind determines your actions. You can't come to watch this without first thinking. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. You can't come without the word, without thinking. So you think what? With your mind. Then actions follow. You can't go and watch a movie without thinking. Or go to church without, even if every Sunday you go to church, you will still think before you go to church. Why? Because you think about the clothes you want to wear. 
Or to the craft service, how will it be? How will it be? So it is with your mind you think. Now let me show you something. Write this thing down. How thoughts come into your mind or how imaginations. You are talking about your mind. Then we say that your mind, you think and you do what? You imagine things. Are you listening? Yeah. Now how do all these thoughts come about? Hallelujah. Praise God. Number one. Write this one down. Number one. On, right? By the fallen nature registered in your mind. Write it down. The fallen nature. Let's write this one down. By the fallen nature registered in your mind. Have you written it down? Write Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to 23. Number two, from the world system and the knowledge from the world, or the knowledge in the world, from the world system and the knowledge in the world. All right, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Come on, let me explain very soon. The third one is from the mind as a faculty or self-constructed thoughts. Self-constructed thoughts or from the mind as a faculty. And the fourth one is from the devices of the devil. From the mind as a faculty, you can write 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. Then from the devices of the devil, you can write 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Or 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 to 6 to 16. Second Corinthians chapter two verse eleven. Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse three. Second Corinthians chapter two verse eleven. Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse thirteen to sixteen. We talk about that right now. Maybe this next time. So we are talking about where the thoughts arise from, or we say thoughts arise in our minds. How do they come? They come by so many ways. The first one is by the fallen nature. So you are born again, your spirit is saved, your soul is not saved. So thoughts just keep coming, any kind of thoughts keep coming. Amen. Then we have thoughts which come, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20, okay, open to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. Let's go quickly to the renewing of the mind. So thoughts arise from the fallen nature of the mind, or the fallen nature of the mind. Then we say that thoughts also arise from the systems of the world and from the knowledge that comes from the world. There's a knowledge that comes from the world. There's a knowledge that comes from the Holy Ghost. Amen. The thoughts come from the knowledge of the world. 
And there are various examples. Amen. Oh. And Romans talks about being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the kingdom of the mind. So that don't fashion, don't fashion yourself after we we'll talk about that. Then the third one has to do with God. The self, what you conceive yourself, or self-constructed thoughts. And the fourth one has now we are teaching psychology. The fourth one has to do with what? From the devices of the devil. Device of the devil. Device of the devil. But we take one by one. Now what is that just keep that one, the man. What is to talk about the renewing of the mind? Keep this one. I will explain as I talk about the renewing of the mind, I'll talk about this one. The man. And the first one we, we talk about is the deficiency of a four. Thoughts that come from what? The falling nature. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. From the Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, let me explain something that is very important. Say it's very important. Very important. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk as what? Other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds having the understanding darkened to work all ordinance with greatness but we have not so learned Christ. But now listen. Verse 17 is very important. When you go in, you can just study it. Amen. Amen. Now it is talking about the Gentiles who are giving themselves to lasciviousness and all of that things. And that's, even though they are, they are working in the vanity of their minds. Because their mind is not renewed. Amen. Amen. Then it says that for you have not so learned That's why I wanted to start from over. That verse 20. For you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him uh-huh. and you have been taught by him, and that the truth is in Jesus, mm-hmm. that he put off concerning the former conversation and that he put on the new man. Verse 17 to 24. Now, you read about, you read 17, 18, 19. And this place it talks about the Gentiles. Now, verse 20 says that, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that he put off concerning the former behavior the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful last. Verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Underline that one. Verse 23. Now, I said that one, your thoughts come from the fallen nature. Now, Paul is talking about something very important here. He says that the Gentiles are walking in the vanity of their minds. Or the futility of their, their mind is full of all sorts of things. But you have not so learned Christ. Now he's talking to Christians here. He says that there are people who are not born again. You are walking in the vanity of their mind. And they're giving themselves to lasciviousness and all other things. And deceitful lusts and all other things. But those of us who are born again says, But you have not so learned Christ. If so be 
that you have believed in him, you've been taught by him, and the truth is in Jesus Christ. You've not learned that from Jesus Christ. Then it says that put off the former behavior, behavior, sorry, by putting off the old man. Now, we say when you are born again, you are a new creation. You are a new man. We've been talking about that for some months now. Now, even though you are born again, the old man, the nature of the old man is still in your mind. Are you listening? Or it's in your soul. Now it says, put off concerning the former conversation or the former behavior. And then put off the old man. And then put on the new man. Now that new man, put on the new man, is not talking about because you're already a new creation. So he's not talking about the new man as in your spirit. But you're putting on the new man in your soul or in your mind. Are you listening? The new man, we say, is the exact, exact, ex, the express image of God or the person of God. We say the new man is a life of God. We talk about all those things. But your soul has not received that knowledge. Your spirit has received. You can even say it and confess. But your mind has not received it. Now what Paul is saying is that let your mind also receive the same knowledge you have received into your spirit. So how is your mind renewed? By the revelation knowledge that has come into your spirit. That knowledge that comes into your spirit renews your mind. Comes into your mind or is supposed to come into your mind. Are you listening? So it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The word spirit has to do with the attitude of your mind. Or the mood of your mind. Or the makeup of your mind. Your mind is made in a particular way because of the old man. But now you're a new man. A new person. You are born again. You speak in tongues. Now he says that let that new man, which the knowledge of the new man which is in your spirit, comes also to your mind. Are you listening? Yes. So that that new man, or the knowledge of the new man, renews the mind. To renew them is to renovate, to reform. So there is an old formation in your mind. Now he says, do what? Get your thoughts in line with the knowledge which is in your spirit, the new man. Amen. So I want you to catch this thing. What Paul is talking about here is that get it, it, we are talking about the renewal of your mind. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In the, 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 the Greek word talks about mental disposition of your mind. Or the mental disposition. That's, it has to do with your makeup of the mind. Are you listening? The makeup. The attitude of your mind. The setting of your mind. The way your mind has been programmed. He said that the new man has to be re- the new man which is you. And the knowledge of the new... Now, now listen. The source of revelation is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> See, the Holy Ghost is a teacher. What the Holy Ghost does inside of you, or in your spirit, is to teach you, is to enlighten your spirit. The Holy Ghost teaches you, your spirit, the new man, who you are. That is why Paul, that's why Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes, he shall guide you into all truth. Amen. So the Holy Ghost guides us into truth or teaches us the word of God. He's a teacher. 
Amen. So when the Holy Ghost teaches you, you are born again. For instance, now, we've talked a lot of things here. We say when you are born again, you don't have a past. We talk about all those things, and we explain why you don't have a past. Now, your soul or your mind says that, no, you have a past. I will be the one who stole what, what, what yesterday. <laughs> Before you got born again, you are born again, what you don't have a past. <laughs> you understand? Now, it's up to you to receive that knowledge in your spirit or the, the knowledge that has come into your spirit concerning who you are as a new man. To get that knowledge into your mind. How? Are you thinking right now? Now, instead of thinking about my suit, think about the knowledge of the new man. Are you listening? Instead of thinking about something else, begin to think about what? The knowledge of the new man that you don't have a past. They are walking and your whole thought is, I don't have the past. Why? Because we explain. Let me wait here. I will show you. <laughs> Amen. We explained it. Now, the reason why I don't have a past is this. So that knowledge. <laughs> Last week, he said that the, holy, the new man is in the Holy Ghost. And we are completing him. Amen. And we talked about the Holy Ghost a lot. And talk, even talked about the Christian as a joint heir with Christ. And an heir of God. So instead of thinking contrary to this knowledge, you think that way. You begin to renew your mind. You begin to re- reform your thoughts according to such a message. That is why Paul is saying when he says that, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that your mind, instead of thinking, oh, what did I must shut up? Go to verse 1 chapter 1 verse 13. <laughs> verse 1 chapter 1 verse 13. So instead of thinking, Contrary to the word of God or to the knowledge of the new man, you take you take in accordance. Your thoughts are consistent with the new man. Write it down. Your thoughts are consistent with the, who you are in Christ. The new man, the knowledge of the new man renews your thoughts or renews your mind so that your thoughts are consistent. Your imaginations are consistent. With the knowledge of the new man. Oh, hallelujah. Your thoughts are consistent. Your thoughts are not contrary to who you are. They are consistent. Your thoughts. Your imaginations are consistent. With the knowledge or the revelation knowledge that is coming to your spirit every time. So anytime you come for watching this conference, something else is taught. We talk about righteousness. We talk about divine health. We talk about life, eternal life. Get that message. Then let that message be your thoughts. That's all. You are thinking. You are moving. You are thinking. And you are thinking. Your thoughts are consistent with what you are receiving from the message. Or from the from whatever you are hearing. Are you listening? So your thoughts and your imaginations must be consistent. We say that you have, you have authority. The seat of Christ's authority is your spirit. You are a person of authority. We talk about all of that. It is not enough just saying it. It's not enough just having them written down in books, having them on your laptop. Get your thoughts to be in line. It is your responsibility. Go to first chapter one verse ten and let me show you something. Yeah. One is enough. Wherefore, get up the loins of your of your mind. 
Oh, this is powerful. Sounds powerful. Powerful. So your thoughts must be consistent. If you don't have a message, message from the new creation, not, you've not heard anything about new creation, go home, bring your laptop this evening and come and <laughs> Amen. Amen. And get all the messages. Get them. Because today you come, next week you don't come. So get them. Amen. That's because we are talking about the Holy Spirit here. So you've made the Lord. So get that message. And make sure that your thoughts are consistent with that message you are hearing. As you study the word of God, your thoughts are consistent with what you are studying. You don't study the word of God, by the time you wake up and you stand up and you are going, you're even forgetting all that you read. The Bible says you are a forgetful hearer. Mm. You heard, but you are forgetful hearer. <laughs> oh, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are deceiving your own self. Mm. <laughs> you are just deceiving yourself. You, you wasted time. You didn't invest time. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So make sure the Bible says as you behold, you become. You are changed into that same image. That image you are changed into when you behold the word. Let that same knowledge or image come to your mind. Are you listening? So as you behold the word of God, you are changed into that same image from glory to glory. What happens is that that image or that likeness of the word of God that you are receiving into your spirit when you study the word, let that knowledge come into your thoughts and your imaginations. And let them take hold. Now he says, wherefore, get up the loins, get up the loins of your, your, your mind. Let me show you what it means. Come. You see, in ancient times, eh, if you guys people do it, you, they wear long ropes. Ropes, long ones. But because they don't want to be distracted, then they tie like a belt to hold the rope. Amen. Now, that is getting up. You are getting up. You are tying a belt around so that when the wind blows, you are not distracted. Now, he says that do the same thing with your mind. It means that you are responsible for what you think on. Last week I sent a message to somebody, I told him, I said, you control your thoughts. You can write it down. You are responsible for what you think on, or you control your thoughts. Nobody controls your own thoughts. You control it. Even if the enemy suggests something into your mind, it's up to you to allow the thoughts to die unborn. <laughs> or to allow the thoughts to grow. So it says, get up, you can sit down now. It says, get up the noise of your mind. Be mindful of what you are thinking on. That's what I'm saying. Write that verse. It's very important. When I saw it, I was like, it says, wherefore, get up, get up the noise of your mind. So be mindful on what you are thinking on. Be mindful on what you are thinking about. As I'm talking right now, what you are thinking, be mindful. As you are going home, what you are thinking about, be mindful. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So be mindful of what you are thinking about. What are you thinking about? Be mindful. Don't just think about anything. That some people don't ever think about. So that make sure that what you are thinking is consistent with the way. Be mindful. Be mindful. Surround your mind with good thoughts. 
build build the word of God into the structures of your mind. <laughs> you structure your mind in a particular way. It's not everything that comes that goes into your mind. Mm. That means get out. It's not everything that comes that just goes into your mind. Somebody says everything that the thing is in your mind. Somebody has insulted you are going home, you are still thinking about it. Ah. You are thinking how to go and meet the person. You were somebody, somebody told you that somebody has insulted, another person has insulted you here. You are now going, going home thinking how to go and meet the person. You are thinking your thoughts. Nepal, what did you want to do? You understand? Why? Because your thoughts, your thoughts. But when you get out of your loins, when those things happen, you heard that somebody has insulted you. Oh, don't mind me. No one is a new creation. Ah. But think about the new creation, not somebody's insults. Mm-hmm. The person will give you details so that you want you sleep, you lie down, you still be thinking about the details. Ah. Ah, your thoughts are telling you. So the way you act, the, the, the reason why you act the way you act is because of your thoughts. Message came. No, 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 no. I'll deal with this person. <laughs> Amen. So it says that we see the knowledge of God into your mind and structure your mind in a particular way. It's called, I call it a programming. It's a setting. You set your mind in a particular way. You are the one setting it. It's when you set your TV. When you, when you, when you, when you take the remote and press channel 17, DTV will come. Channel 18, TV3 will come. You have set the TV in a particular way. Set your mind that way. Don't let anything just come. <laughs> oh, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Tell somebody, don't allow contrary talks. Don't allow contrary thoughts. Say, don't allow contrary thoughts. Don't allow contrary thoughts. Let them die in your mind unborn. Let them die in your mind unborn. Hallelujah. 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 I will be understanding to that. Oh, Now, let us put two hands. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, listen. Or speak in tongues or pray in the Holy Ghost. You see, lift up your hands and listen to this. I want you to close your eyes, lift up your hands and listen to this. Now, as you speak in tongues every time, let your thoughts be consistent with the word of God. Don't just speak in tongues. As you pray in the Holy Ghost anytime, make sure that's why it's very important. That you give yourself to the words. So that you have you have the words for every day that you are thinking on. So that when you speak in tongues, your thoughts should be should be consistent with the message of the truth or the knowledge of the truth. Don't just speak in tongues thinking about something else or a challenge you are going through. No. Speak in tongues with your, your mind set on the knowledge that you have received or you are receiving every time. And that will build you up. It is building up yourselves in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now lift up your cross.